0: the volume. Oral Sessions is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there's a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. Hey guys, welcome to Oral Sessions with Renee Paquette. This is where we mash up the best of the week. We take our interviews from Tuesday and Thursday. What those episodes were, we take those highlights. We put them together all here in one convenient place for your listening pleasure. Uh, hopefully, you guys enjoy what we put together here for you guys. And if you want to go back and listen to these interviews in their entirety, you can do that right here where you're listening as it is. Um, so anywhere you guys are listening to podcasts, you can go back and find those full length interviews. But otherwise, we've uh, we've done a little bit of heavy lifting for you and gave you guys some of the highlights from what from what you want to hear. But you know, we're so lucky with all the amazing guests that we have on oral sessions that I'm sure if you're fans of these people, you're going to want to go back and hear more of their story here, more of who these people are and what makes them tick and what has led to their success, all that fun stuff. Um, I love what I get to do here. And I love getting to chat with all these interesting and fascinating people. It's a hell of a time. And yeah, now we just get to do a little best stuff here on the weekend. So here we go. Let's get into it. Here's the best stuff from this week on Oral Sessions. I'm back. This is me, your host extraordinaire. I'm holding onto my mic with a death grip. Did you just see that? Um, Hi, it's me. And I'm joined today by none other than producer extraordinaire, actually also host extraordinaire because he popped in here and aired one of his old episodes from his podcast, Wrestle Wrap. We've got Emilio on the show.
1: Hey, baby. Hey, Bing, baby. Bong. Let me just drink you in for a minute because I haven't seen you in such a long time.
0: It's weird, right? Here we are. Oh, my God.
1: I've missed you, you know?
0: I've missed you.
1: I mean, we talk every day, but I've missed you. It's
0: know what not I mean? the same. You've got to like... You know, we're we're just over Zoom. It's nice to be able to see each other. This is how people are used to seeing each other now. It's a familiarity that we've just gotten used to, right?
1: Got to tell you, them prenatal vitamins be popping right now. You'll Can glow we talk
0: wind. about the hair? It's not even just a glow. I mean, yes, I did put on a little bit of makeup, a little highlighter, a, a little concealer. You know, just some things to pull me together a little bit. But my hair is growing at an extraordinary rate. And I could not be more thrilled about it.
1: This is your signature look now. You can't go back to the bob.
0: No, because I did the bob and I did the bob for a long time and it served me well for a very long time. I loved the bob, but sometimes you got to move past a look. And that was my WWE look. And I have not had my hair cut, I don't think, since I left WWE. Am I coming up on like a year of not cutting my hair? Yeah, I am. Cause I've not had my hair cut since being pregnant and I've been pregnant pretty much for the last 10 years. It feels like it felt like forever. It did. feel. Uh, you know what is, I kept saying that it felt like it was going by really fast, but now in hindsight, I'm like, wow, that was like, oof, what a long time that is.
1: <laughs> it felt like forever. it's crazy.
0: Okay. So you have the baby, you get pregnant. And then you find out that you're pregnant. And that part is all very exciting, obviously, because you're like, oh, my God, I'm growing a baby. And you have to change everything in your life of like, hey, obviously, no booze. You have to really limit your caffeine, which is not a huge deal for me. Your workouts have to be different. Like every little thing is so different. And then you adjust to that. And then you just become this gigantic balloon version of yourself, which I loved. I loved being huge like that. I thought it was really fun. And then you have the baby. And then it's like, hey, now I got to get back to being myself. And I will say in the six weeks that I've been gone and we've had all the guest hosts pop in who knocked it out of the motherfucking park, I will say. We really cleaned up.
1: Absolutely. We had a really good group of guest hosts who were just down for the cause. Every episode was unique and different on its own. Even you were recording them when you were cooking a bun in the oven.
0: Well, that was a doozy too, because we were doubling down to try to get those six other episodes recorded on my end so that I could just peace out for six weeks. But now that window is closed and we're back. But I feel like it's actually perfect timing. I mean... Initially, I mean, I've never had a baby, so I wasn't sure how long it was going to take to feel okay. But I would say I'm really starting to feel like myself right now. It's nice.
1: Okay. So you got to explain this to me because I don't have a child. Okay. I'm not even a relationship.
0: We're, we got to work on we that, will. by the way. The we pandemic's will. almost over. It's time.
1: Now that the child has seen the light of day, I can maybe mm-hmm. one day babysit and then take said child to the grocery store and I can pick up women. It's perfect. Perfect.
0: <laughs> She's a little cutie. She'll get you there for sure.
1: You sent the pictures, and she is freaking adorable.
0: She's a Cupid that's come to life. That's what she is—a little Cupid doll come to life, very cherubic.
1: Usually, when people send me photos of their kids, I'm like, really? That's it? But she's adorable because normally, like children, they—I don't know—they come out like raisins. They look all pruny
0: because they're not chubby yet. And not that she wasn't chubby when she was born. She was seven 15 when she was born, but now she's almost fucking 12 <laughs> pounds. What
1: are you feeding this kid?
0: She is just on the boob. And so it's funny. I took her, she had like her one month checkup the other last week. And the doctor was like, oh, my God, like, good for you. Pat on the back to mom of like baby's putting on weight. She's healthy. She's good. But like it's making her extra cute because her face is just round. and She's got these little thick thighs. Oof, babies are great.
1: So did she latch on to the nipple with ease? Yes. Because I know from Lifetime movies that some of the mothers get freaked the fuck out because the kid's not latching on to the teat.
0: So there was so much stuff about this that I didn't know, which is a great question, by the way. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I'll get into the latch part, but then I need to like run it back to the whole labor. Cause I feel like people should hear the whole story. So she latched right away. And I, obviously I didn't know what I was doing. I've never breastfed before, but literally she came out of the womb and was trying to latch onto John because he was holding her first. Cause I had a C-section. So they had to like sew me back up. So she was passed off to John. But yeah, she was trying to breastfeed right away. She got a great latch. But that doesn't mean that breastfeeding is not a fucking bitch. Holy shit. No one really gives you the heads up of how gnarly it is. Like your nipples chafe. They scab. They bleed. The pain that you get. I don't want to freak anybody out here. Maybe this was just a me thing. But the pain that you get during those first few weeks of breastfeeding, it sears through your entire body. When the baby latches on, I literally like if John was around me and my mom's been in town helping out too, like thank God for Carol. If they were around me as I was about to feed the baby, I'm like, everyone shut the fuck up. Nobody say anything. Nobody look at me. Nobody touch the baby because it is like this pain. It goes away quickly. But that pain, it's like you feel like your ears are going deaf and you feel pain and like all the way down to your elbows.
1: Is it because they're clamping on the nipple?
0: I guess. I don't know if it's just like it's like the milk doing its thing or if it's like I don't know what it is that makes it so gnarly, but it's horrifying. So like I understand why so many women are like, no, my kid's on formula. Like I get it. But I wrote it out and now it is a breeze. Now she latches on like we're good. It's a breeze. Everything's great. So in like us recording this, we are I'm she's six weeks tomorrow. And yeah, I would say the last two weeks. So like just ride out that month of hellacious pain (laughs) and then you're good, hopefully. I mean, that's how it was for me anyways. That's that's my side of the story.
1: Well, that was going to be my next question. Is she still on the nip or are you pumping and she's taking it from the bottle?
0: So I'm doing a little bit of both. I generally, she's just on the boob, but I have been pumping because I mean, like right now I'm recording and if she needs any food, I've pumped some milk earlier. So John's got a bottle down there with her right now. So it's a little bit of both. And she's good with taking the bottle too. Thank God. I was worried about that. Like there's so many things you have to think about of like, oh, okay. Cause like you live in this little like mom baby bubble where like we just sit on the couch. I'm watching shows. She's napping. We're trying to like figure out our rhythm and like get our shit together. That as you're like, okay, I've got to like start getting back to work or like, can I leave the house for a second to go do anything? How do you do that? That you figure out like the pumping situation, you figure out how to give her a bottle again. Luckily my mom's here, John's here. So it's nice to be able to just have another set of hands to be like, okay, watch her for a second while I pop up here to record the show for an hour. I'm going to pop off to the gym for an hour, whatever. Um, So it's, yeah, it's, it's good. We're, we're figuring it all out. It's fun.
1: You know what it is? It's because you hear about all the postpartum stuff. So I'm, I'm sitting back. I'm a clueless dude. And I'm texting you, like, I'm all concerned. And you're like, dude, nah, motherhood's been a blast. I'm, I'm having a good time.
0: But I'm clueless too, except for like my own experience. I can tell you about my experience through and through, but I mean, I know so many women that have had really hard times that have really struggled or like breastfeeding. Like, as much as breastfeeding hurt me, I was at least like producing milk for the baby. So, like, she was good. So I knew no matter what, I can go through this brutal pain, but at least she's eating. So that alone is good but if you're like your baby's not putting on weight or your milk dries up or like all these things that like when you're pregnant at least for me all I was looking into is like how big's the baby today. How am I going to feel? I didn't look really much beyond that into how all these other things work. So yeah. I, I was lucky. The postpartum depression is super scary. I'm really glad, you know, that I dodged a bullet on that. Cause I think that's the thing that like, I think can freak anybody out because everyone kind of checks in to see how you're doing, or they give you, tell you stories about like what they went through or what their friend went through or their mom, sister, whatever that you're like, Holy shit. Like I really hope that I don't go through that. Cause I feel for any woman that goes through that. It's a lot. It is such a big change. It like your your body's changing, your hormones are off the fucking charts. And then you have this brand new baby plopped down in front of you and you're just trying to figure it all out. So, I mean, I understand how you get it's like I feel like it's just a hair separation of teetering into what postpartum depression could be like. I don't know. I've, I, I didn't go through it, so I can't speak to that. But I, I understand just how nuts your emotions are. It's crazy.
1: Right. And, you know, you got a great support system with your husband and your mom and you have other friends as well. But you read these things and you understand that like the depression is real. The hormone dump is so real. And I was reading things like there are some mothers that don't even want to hold their child yeah. after the baby's born or they feel like they can't do anything right. It was really jarring to read. It opened my eyes completely.
0: I just went to my doctor for my six-week postpartum checkup so I can be like medically cleared to work out, go in the pool, all these things that you can't do. Get it on, bow, bow. Medically cleared for all of these things. But as you're there at the 6 weeks, they check-in that you have to do like a survey of postpartum depression check-in so that they can kind of gauge where you're at. So, I mean, it, it, it obviously is very much a real thing. And I feel... Very much. So for any woman that goes through that, that has got to be awful. Um, but yeah, I mean, luckily I didn't go through that and everything was great and fun for me and, but okay. So just to, to bring it back to the actual labor. So I was, I had to be induced because I hit 40 weeks, I'm 35. So they don't really, and that's like considered high risk. They actually call it a geriatric pregnancy, which is a term that can for sure go fuck itself. Um, it, but anyways, so <laughs> uh, I went in, had to be induced. The being induced blows chunks. It sucks. Um, but I was in labor for 24 hours. My water broke. I just I could I wasn't dilating, so it just wasn't happening, which is fine. Uh, so then, I, so it would been 24 hours, and I was in such brutal pain from all the contractions and all the different drugs that they put you on, and blah blah blah. So anyways, I go in, I have a C section. But the thing that's trippy about that, so I did have an epidural. Thank God for the epidural because I was like in a lot of pain. They also give you fentanyl. Like, yes. Yeah. So I was in so much pain during it that because they give you, um, you know, whatever other painkiller. And then when you're like, no, nah, I need like the good stuff. Then they gave me fentanyl, but it only lasts for two hours. So I had it twice. And they obviously they can only give it to you so much. And it's like the medical grade and it's all monitored and all that. Then they give you the epidural. Then I go in. They give you the C-section. Blah blah blah. It's all very quick from the time that I was like, "Hey, should we just like get the baby out?" And they're like, "Great, let's do it." I swear, I was in the operating room like ten minutes later, and the baby was out. And you hear the big scream, and you're like, "Oh my god, the baby's crying!" Great, it's like the best sound in the whole world. But when they give you all these medications, you shake like crazy. I was shaking like crazy. I was shaking like a leaf. So I tripped out because I was on fentanyl. Then you have the C-section and all this stuff is happening. Baby comes out and they hand you the baby and my hands are shaking. Like I couldn't even like hold the baby down and you're freaking out. Cause like, I didn't feel right. I felt so out of it. I'd been in labor for so long. They hand me the baby and I'm like, uh, I don't know. Like you feel out of your mind. And that's a scary thing. They hand you your baby and you don't get, for me, it wasn't that like, I mean, yes, hearing my baby cry and all that was a great sound, but they hand you the baby and I was so freaked out because I didn't feel like myself. Like my brain was just somewhere else because I was on all these drugs and had just been cut open and blah, 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 that they hand you the baby and you're like, you feel inept to take care of this baby that they just place on your chest because of all the things that you just went through. So that part was a little bit scary. And then having the C-section, I had to stay in the hospital for two days after but I didn't take any of the pain medication for the C-section because I I was like, I don't want to feel like that taking care of my baby anymore. It tripped me out to feel like that. It was like not fun. Um, but yeah, I didn't take any of the pain medication, just like soldiered through it. They're like, don't be a hero. Just take it. I'm like, no, I'm not being a hero. I just don't want to feel out of my mind while I'm looking after this brand new baby.
1: Right. It's not about being a hero. I think it's more about how trippy the whole experience is when you're, when you have that type of medication Mm -hmm. in your system, you know, you just said that your hands were shaking and it felt like an outer body experience. I'd be like, be gone with that. I'm good. I'll take my chances with the pain and maybe an Advil.
0: Honestly, I felt okay. Like I never really felt like I needed the pain medication. I was fine. But anyways, yeah, then we, we got the baby and brought her home. So that was like, you know, sort of the, Cole's notes versions of, uh, of what my labor was like.
1: Did you use that bitchin' playlist that you created? No, no. Oh,
0: so, so didn't listen to it at all because I never pushed. I never got to the point of even pushing, but it was funny because it was the night of, uh, the Diaz fight. So John's watching that. Cause we're like, Oh cool. We can watch this in the, in the room and we can just hang out. But at that point I was so far into being induced and in, like the contractions that like John's trying to like, prop it up on like the bedside for me so that I could watch it with him. And I was like, I can't even look at, I can't focus on anything right now. So yeah, I had to like check out the next day. I was like, wait, so what happened in that fight? What did I miss? I, I was so out of it.
1: So even though you were having this whole outer body experience while you were giving birth, did you talk about it afterwards with John? Was he in the operating room?
0: Oh, yeah. He also was taking photos of the whole <laughs> thing, which took me. I, I had to wait at least a week oh to look God. at them because I was like, it might make me feel queasy. It like might make me feel sick to see myself like cut open like that. And he's like, this is great. <laughs> uh, so it tripped me out. But um, when I did look at it, I was like, actually, it wasn't that bad. They did a clean job, man.
1: <laughs> so, Renee, I got to tell you, welcome back, Honey.
0: Oh my God, it feels nice to be back. Uh, Again, a huge shout out to everybody that jumped in and guest hosted for me and kept the machine rolling while I'm figuring out being a mom and figuring out all this new part of my life and whatnot. But it does feel really great to be back. We're going to spin up some great shows. We've got lots happening. Uh, So yeah, and we've got new merch. Well, guys, this this has been an episode of Oral Sessions. Renee Paquette here, joined by producer extraordinaire, the sweet, the, uh, the follically gifted Emilio. Actually, we're both follically gifted right now. I got all this hair, too. So suck on that, everybody. I got to watch some of Heels, and what a show. How proud are you? I'm very proud. Tell me what you think. I think it's fantastic. I think people are going to really love this show. And I think like the more you get into the characters and you're, mo- the more you're getting into these storylines, like it's one thing to have like all of the wrestling that's taking place in the ring, but getting that like behind the scenes peak and then learning about these characters. And as they're all kind of unfolding with, with Jack Spade and Ace Spade crystal, I'm a big crystal fan.
2: Yeah. Crystal's well, if you're a big crystal fan, then, then stick around for the entire first season because she's, um, She might be the pivotal character of the of the first season of the show, or at least the big, big takeaway by the time it's all done.
0: Yeah, I kind of gathered that by the fourth episode as like some things were starting to uh, shake out for her that, again, we won't reveal too much, but you can see that she's got other plans for herself in mind, and I'm excited to see where that goes.
2: As I've been doing all of my press, believe it or not, I've been stealing or at least using and I'm going to give credit now a uh, Colin cowherd which is that when it comes to this show, this is what he talks about when he's talking about wide receivers in the NFL, that they're the icing, not the cake. When it comes to heels, uh, if you're a wrestling fan, by all means, jump in. But if you're not, the wrestling of this show, it's the icing. It's not the cake. The cake is the the relationship with Ace and Jack and Ace and Crystal and Jack and Stacy, and Jack and Willie and Willie and Bill and, you know, all that stuff.
0: There's definitely like a lot of like meat and potatoes here with the show as it's all kind of coming together. But yeah, I mean, it's something to definitely be proud of. How did the idea all come together? I mean, I obviously know that you're a huge wrestling fan. We've seen you in SummerSlams, we've seen you in AEW, uh, and we'll get into all of that stuff. But how did this show concept kind of come together as you were unwinding with Arrow?
2: It came together because I was unwinding with Arrow, actually. Uh, they tried to put this show together. Michael Waldron, uh, who is writing the new Doctor Strange movie, is involved in Star Wars and just just finished up Loki.
0: Ooh, hell of a show.
2: Yeah. Really, really cool. Uh, Super talented guy. He grew up a big wrestling fan and he wrote all eight episodes of the first season. And then they tried to put it together and they were having casting issues with finding jack and finding ace and um alexander ludwig who plays ace was shooting vikings at the time i was shooting arrow And then we announced arrows ending and my manager got in touch with me we, we were on the last season two episodes maybe three episodes into our 10 episode final season and he just called me up and he's like you got to read this script and i said what like a movie and he goes no a tv series and i go no <laughs> uh, no, I'm just about to finish a TV series. And I hadn't discussed or thought about or really given consideration to what I was going to do next at all, because I, I didn't want to take my attention away from finishing out Arrow. I wanted to finish strong. He goes, no, no, no. He goes, there, you're going to get an offer on this. You need to read these scripts, at least the first two. It's a show about professional wrestling set in a fictional town in small town, Georgia. I said, Really? it's about professional wrestling. He's like, yeah. And he goes, he's the lead or one of the co-leads. And I said, mm-hmm. and he's a, and he goes, yeah, he's a professional wrestler. And I'm like, Oh, fuck.
0: <laughs> oh shit. And, send it and along. I, got, I said, yeah,
2: send it along. And I was doing that whole thing, reading the first script the whole time I'm reading the first script. I'm, I'm like 15 pages in. Oh shit. Oh, man. I have to do that. And and then I got, I didn't even, I mean, I read the second script. By the end of the first script, I just called him up and I said, okay, next steps. He goes, next steps is... uh,
0: Get your gear made, babe.
2: Yeah, next steps are (laughs) we start negotiating, but I want you to hop on the phone with the showrunner, Michael Malley. And I had a great chat with him and I had a really good chat with Greg Berlanti, who was trepidatious at first. Greg is the guy that created Arrow and all the shows that sort of evolved out of that show. He said to me, he goes, Steven, because you're just about to be done this. You've been on the treadmill for eight years. He goes, don't go home with the first girl who winks at you at the bar. <laughs> I said, Well, Greg, I agree, but this girl's beautiful and I really, I really like her.
0: <laughs> she could be the one. <laughs> she might
2: be the one. And he said, We said, Well, what's it about? And I told him, and he goes, Oh, well, you should have led with that. You should definitely do that. So I loved working for the CW and Warner Brothers television. But, you know, 22, 23 episodes a year with commercial breaks and act-ins and act-outs, shooting eight episodes for a premium cable network. It's not better, but it's decidedly different. It's, It's a lot closer to making a feature film than it is to what I was used to in television. There's a
0: lot more boobs, too. So there's that.
2: I tried to get my butt on the show, but they're like, no! By the way, that was the beginning of episode five. You missed you missed that part. That was the part that you missed.
0: You're no stranger to that. You were in Hung. You know how it all goes. Get it out there. That's
2: that's true. That's true. Anyway, no, they 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 kiboshed it. Season one is season one is purely about Alexander's ass and so not mine.
0: Do you take a little like offense to that? Because I think that's a little rude, honestly.
2: No, have you seen well, him?
0: He's a very handsome man. Yeah.
2: I thought that on Arrow, we had found all of the actors in Hollywood that are taller than I am, but apparently not. <laughs> Meeting Alexander for the first time, he's like 10 Another years younger Canadian than I Another Canadian, too. Am. What the hell is up with Canadian that? Another Canadian guy. I, no, not just that, but our dad, who's uh, played by David James Elliott, he's a Canadian as well.
0: We just don't stop. We don't quit.
2: That's it. The whole spade patriarchy is made up of Canucks. I like that. But yeah, I was very excited when when I met him and realized that he's 6'4", 220 pounds. I was like, that's great, guys. Thanks, thanks so much. I appreciate that.
0: I feel like anyone that was on Vikings must have hit that bill. I mean, that's like Edge, right? Adam Copeland's a, also a large man. Yes, he is. Did you guys bring on any um, consultants to get the wrestling right in the show? I tried to bring on
2: Cody and to a larger extent AEW and just sort of memorialize it that way, because I thought that that would be a good, a good partnership for a variety of reasons. I mean, just in terms of like laying down built-in advertising and the fact that they're on TV every week. And we never got a chance to do that formally, but um, we have uh, Luke Hawks who, um, you know, speaking with Tommy dreamer earlier today, they're good friends. And so he was there and they were there to build the matches. I took a lot of what I've learned from my, limited but really really useful time backstage at wwe events ring of honor events and then all in which was kind of like a a hybrid of all those things i watched arne anderson run a couple of shows a couple of wwe house shows in vancouver and uh, victoria back in 2015 so from a consultant standpoint they actually leaned on me pretty heavily and if they asked me a question and I didn't know the answer to it or Luke didn't know the answer to it, you know, we had Phil CM Punk on the show,
0: Ricky rabies.
2: He was great. Wasn't he?
0: Yeah. He was fantastic. That hair.
2: I know. I know. It's so and great. That's
0: all his hair, right?
2: It's all his hair. It's just, it's Jesus. just, it's just his
0: hair. All, all up. <laughs> it's great.
2: We would lean into him a little bit too. Although he was very much. And I think that this sort of, coming up through the ranks in wrestling that on the show, it being like a television show and him being an actor, he was very much like sitting in the background as kind of a rookie. And I'd be like, Phil, what do you think? And he'd be like, oh, I know whatever you guys think. And I go, no, Phil, what do you think, please?
0: Yeah, don't get shy on us now. Thank
2: you very much, best in the world. (laughs) And then he would sort of begrudgingly quietly say, well, you know, why don't you guys try this? Because, you know, I figured if you're a wrestling fan, you're probably going to give the show a try. And I wanted to make sure that we, you know, acquitted ourselves well in that arena in terms of being faithful to the business. So yeah, I I didn't want to, I didn't want to alienate wrestling fans that way. So I think we did a, I think we did a pretty good job with it. I mean, at the same time, you know, occasionally they would come up with an idea and I'd be like, yeah, that works for wrestling, but let's also remember that this is a television show.
0: It's got to be hard to kind of strike that balance too of like giving the the true wrestling fans what they want to feel like, you know. I mean, we know how they can be. Uh, and then, yeah, and then actually just having a television show that doesn't alienate people that don't know anything about wrestling. It's hard to find that balance. And now with there being several other wrestling shows I mean, with having Young Rock, we've got Heels coming out, and now the new announcement that they're doing the, the Vince McMahon scripted. Yeah, the
2: Vince McMahon scripted show. And um, and and uh, Bill Simmons is doing like a multi-part documentary for Netflix, I think, on Vince as well. Yes.
0: Yeah. That will be good. I'm excited for that.
2: The Vince McMahon show is sort of set in like the 90s, right?
0: I think it's supposed to be covering the steroid trial.
2: Can't wait for Heels to be over so that I can play Vince McMahon in like the late seventies or something like (laughs) that. You
0: can't be Vince. I mean, listen, Vince is Vince, Vince. but like, I don't know. I mean, not to butter you up, but I feel like you're a little too handsome to play Vince. No offense to Vince. I I mean, it's
2: good. No, it's fine. I'll take it.
0: No offense, Vince. Who's maybe listening to this, (laughs) (laughs) not to burn you. Um, Okay. So you know about wrestling, the cast coming in, how did they prep? to get into these roles, to, to learn about wrestling and to appease the, the crazy wrestling fan base.
2: I can't speak for everyone. I know that Alexander leaned on Adam quite a bit at Adam Copeland edge. I wouldn't go so far as to say based his character off of Tim, but um, you know, really like sought his advice as best he could. They built us a ring on the stage, So a ring on one side, Jim on the other side.
0: He filmed it in Atlanta, right?
2: We filmed it in Atlanta, but they built us a full facility on the stages because of well, I mean, I think that they probably would have done it anyway, but because of covid so that we could all have a gym. So
0: was that a little bit? I want to use the word sad for you that you went from Arrow into doing heels in another character that you had to be in impeccable shape for. You just can't get a break. Like, what the fuck? I thought about <laughs> that, too,
2: because uh, I was remember being like on Arrow all the training that I was doing was pretty much for like workout scenes and or the poster. Whereas on heels, it was like, I I worried first of all, I had to eat like a crazy person. How many
0: calories a day you think you're eating? Like what was the meal plan?
2: I have no idea other than I would just eat and eat and eat and eat because my natural weight is probably about 190 to 195 pounds. And I was around 220 when we were doing heels. That is not natural for me. It's very important to me to actually like look strong in the ring and look like I could handle myself. And also just because it, it is, it its it's a rough and tumble world out there in the wrestling ring. And I wanted my body to be able to handle it.
0: Did you do a lot of your own stunts? Cause you did that a lot in arrow, right? Did you do that coast to coast? Did you really, I did, of course you did.
2: I set it up to do it and did, did the first take. And the first take I'm almost positive is, is what you see in the preview. Now I did a coast to coast at all in, and had never actually tried the move. I mean, i I had prepped it and prepped pushing off the ropes. When I did it all in, I was so gassed and so blown up that you see me almost fall. Now, I make it, but at the last minute, you see me turn off to the side. I actually fractured my hip when I did that and didn't realize it. I got a note from Big Show, Nice Coast to Coast. That looked pretty stiff. And at the time, I felt like I was sitting on a tennis ball. like I didn't know what was going on. So I did it on the show. And we got it on the first take and I walked away completely unscathed. Like everything's fine. You know, the way that it plays, I didn't get as far across the ring as I wanted to. And I said, you know, let's just try it again. Now, retrospectively, it starts off with like the wide angle going across the ring. Theoretically, we could have very easily put a mat down in the ring, painted it out for the wide shot, and then just left it in. You wouldn't have seen it. So I asked for a second take. And, um, I thought I knocked the wind out of myself and I did not. I, uh, fractured my T1 and T10 and L1 compression fracture. Steven, I broke my fucking back. What the back. hell?
0: Oh, oh
2: and God. it sounds a lot, it sounds a lot scarier than it is. Cause basically it's just, it's a compression. Like it's, I landed straight up and down and it was, it was one of those injuries that was incredibly painful. I think it was a shock to my system and everything around that area seized up and for like 24 hours I had a lot of difficulty getting a full breath in. And then miraculously it was like those muscles relaxed. And this happened on um, a Wednesday maybe. And I spent Wednesday night in the hospital, but I was home on Thursday. I was, I was, I was back at work on Monday. I was handled with kid gloves to put it mildly until we finally got into I, I mean, I shot my wrestling stuff. Uh, got back in, shot it. And towards the end, I had to actually go to our showrunner and say, listen, you guys have sent me to a back specialist. I am cleared. If someone took an x-ray of my back right now, you wouldn't be able to tell that this had happened. And you guys either need to let me do my thing safely or or you need to remove me and make this 100% a stunt situation because people being cautious around me is making me overthink things. Like Alexander at one point has to give me, uh, he's trying to suplex me. And one of the things where, uh, he picks me up and I do a backflip and I land on my feet, which Cody and I did back at the SummerSlam match. It's something that I've done a hundred times, but you know, we did it and I said, did you guys get it? Let's do like, let's do another take. And they're like, no, no, we got it. We got it. We got it. You got it. We don't want to hurt you. And I'm like, okay, now I want another take, but now I'm, now I'm getting in my head. So I told them I said, you gotta let me go or we have to change it up because this this half measure is not working for me.
0: Heels is coming out August fifteenth. Everybody's gotta check that out. Coming out on stars. I'm so excited for you. Jumping into another television series, like an absolute badass
2: just like we drew Draw it. Up. up
0: those plans. Uh, well, thanks for hopping on with me. Thank you for always being so, uh, so great to me throughout my career. You've always been someone that I've been able oh. to kind of lean on for stuff. So appreciate you, buddy. Thank you, Renee. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me on this special edition of the best of for oral sessions. We just mash up the best from the week, let you guys get the little highlights you can go back and listen to the full length episodes should you choose to do so. I highly recommend it because there's some good stuff in there. It's really hard to cut these down because these chats can be so great. We, we, uh, we really do have the best guests come on here and hang out, and uh, I love being able to do that here on the show. So hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. You can go back and listen to more of the episodes. You can also watch these interviews on our YouTube page. You can just search Renee Paquette, search for the Volume Network. you'll be able to find all the things. We've got the short clips. We've got the full length interviews. Find them all in there. Like, subscribe, share, turn on the notifications, all that good stuff. We'll see you guys next time on Oral Sessions.